Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Good Music Podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Justin. Thank you so much for tuning in. Everyone that has been listening, uh, we have cracked a thousand listens, and I'm really, really happy and excited about it. And we have finally reached 10 episodes, something that uh, is a great milestone for me, especially when I languished over making this podcast for months and months <laughs> thinking that no i don't want to do this oh i can't do this no, now we're at 10 episodes that's great it's really cool thank you to everyone that is listening around the world all of my international listeners thank you so much i don't know how you find my podcast but and why you keep wanting to listen to Coldplay? <laughs> me talk about Coldplay at least but thank you so much um be sure to check out all the other episodes that we've done so far. Um, we've done episodes on Queen and Pink Floyd and Metallica and the Beatles and other artists. And we're just going to continue to grow this. If you've never listened before, what this podcast is, my vision is to kind of be your tour guide through music. So let's say you don't really know much about music. And you don't know where to start because there's so much music out there. And you want to know kind of the history and what what were the, the big artists? What were the great artists that maybe didn't get their due? In other words, whatever genre you may like. And I try to cover a fairly wide variety as much as I can. There's, there's areas that I'm going to be less hesitant to get into, but I will try to get to at some point. But I just want to be your guide to show you maybe songs you've never listened to or artists you've never heard of before. And and just hopefully introduce you to something new that you will love. And kind of the thing that I ask of everyone that's listened is to give everything a fair shot. You literally won't know that you like something or not unless you listen to it. And you give it an un biased unprejudiced listen sometimes you go into listening something with a preconceived notion of what you're about to listen to and that can influence your opinion and so i try to keep an open mind when i listen and um hopefully you guys will as well so um the way you can find our songs that we talk about every week is if you find me on spotify and the instructions for this are in the description Find me on Spotify, give me a follow, and then find my playlist that says Good Music Podcast Edition. That's going to have all the songs that we talk about every week, and it's the perfect listening list. We're starting to get quite a few songs on there now, so it could also be a good thing you hit shuffle play on there. You could get a good little variety of different things to listen to. So, um, yeah, and then wherever you're listen listening, whatever platform you're listening on, please hit the subscribe button. We release a new episode every Monday at 9 central. So whatever part of the country or the world you're listening to, um, that's when our time that we release it. So hopefully that fits in with the time that you'll be able to give it a listen and enjoy. And, so, and just share with your friends, people that are into this kind of stuff. And hit the subscribe button so that way you'll get a little notification once we put the new episode on. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing great. This week was very fun. Yeah? Because we are listening to a band that I have personally never listened to before. Which is just mind-blowing to me. 
because I consider them one of the big, biggest bands of the 70s. And not even just in my opinion, like, they really were. Well, listening to them, I can definitely see why that was the case. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be talking about Fleetwood Mac on this episode. And um, this is a band that I really, really love. Probably one of the most musically diverse bands that yes. I think I've ever listened to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that diversity comes from their history. Fleetwood Mac has undergone so many, so many stylistic changes, member changes. There's only been two people that have remained, and it's where the band gets its name. You've got Mick Fleetwood on the drums, and you've got uh, John McVie on bass. So the, the Mick is the, where the Mac comes from. And I think regardless of whatever genre they kind of steered to, the two of them, I mean... Probably some, probably one of the best rhythm sections Absolutely. of all time. Oh yeah, they were really the main drivers behind every I mean everything that they've ever touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, def- especially Mick Fleetwood. He's definitely kind of become the the face and the the leader of the band. He's the one that you know when he decides the day is done, that's when the day is done. And they're still touring. Yeah, they are. They uh they're still going. They do they are missing a, a key member. Yes. My my personal favorite member. But, you know, they still got so many other great members that, you know, they can just barely get around it. But And they're also talented. I mean they literally can play anything. <laughs> yeah, yes they can. So this this episode is really going to concentrate on the classic lineup. So the classic lineup is we talked about Mick Fleetwood, John McVie, drums and bass. You've got Lindsey Buckingham on guitar and the, providing the male lead vocals. And um, an incredible guitar player. One of the most underrated guitar players, I feel. Because what, it, what he will showcase live and the amount of skill that he employs playing. Because he holds back quite a bit when he's in the studio playing there there'll be times where he'll unleash and there's one song on here that really showcases that but he is an incredibly gifted guitar player an incredibly gifted singer an incredibly gifted songwriter and then we have uh christine mcvee who uh was john mcvee's wife she is the keyboard player as well as one of the lead singers and then you have Stevie Nicks, the one that everyone knows. Of course. Stevie Nicks, um, the singer slash tambourine player. <laughs> but definitely the most popular member of the band. Someone who's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Fame twice. First woman to ever do it. First as the band and then mm-hmm. by herself, which is incredible. She has elevated to become the premier rock and roll goddess. Like, she... She is the queen of rock and roll. There's kind of no one that can take that from her. And it's really, when you listen to these songs, you'll, it's really easy to hear why. Yeah. Such a really iconic voice. No one sounds like her. She's all her own. And just the way she writes her songs is just so unique as well. And there's an interesting story on how she came to the band. Yeah, so... At the time, they were, um, they knew that, Fleetwood Mac knew they needed a lineup change. Their sales were getting lower and lower and lower. 
and they were just like, we got to do something. And so they were in California at Sound City and Buckingham Knicks, which was Lindsay and Stevie, right. the kind of the duo that they made before they came, were making their album, their debut album. And Mick Fleetwood approached Lindsay and was just like, I really like your guitar playing. I really like your singing. Why don't you come join the band? And he said, I'd love to, but I'm a package deal. Stevie's got to go with me. And so they were just like, okay, fine. And so that's how she got in the band. And they recorded that, that self-titled album after that. And that's when they just launched up into the stratosphere. Yeah, I really feel like Buckingham and, and Nick's just brought such a different element to Fleetwood Mac. Well, they were also the Americans of the band because the other yeah. guys were British. It's true. <laughs> guys and... And Christine, um, they were they were British blues players, and Buckingham and Nicks brought uh, that American California smooth pop yeah. sen- sensibility to them, because that's really where they found their niche was in that California sound, you know, fitting in with bands like the Eagles and um, just kind of that that movement that was going on where everything was really. Uh, warm sounding and you know it wasn't you know hard rock it wasn't but it wasn't like pop music per se yeah it was just you know that's just that's the sound that was going on in california at the time steely dan was you know a big contributor to that as well and um that's really the missing ingredient that they were able to bring to fleetwood mac to kind of take them finally to that next level that they were looking for i think what makes them really unique too is when you listen to christine or or even in stevie even just their their vocals it was very different from what you would normally expect from a female vocal at that time mm-hmm. yeah stevie almost kind of sounds like a man when yeah. she sings she's her voice is so low like she's not like a, a pretty female singer yeah but that's not to say that her voice isn't beautiful and and striking it's just it's not in the traditional sense especially in the in when you think about the genre the type of music that they played it's not something that you would have normally expected from a pop or rock Mm -hmm. type vocal they always um they always did unique stuff i would say probably Lindsay was the most normal sounding singer of the band but it was still so great sounding and, um, yeah, so they just, when that, that self-titled album came out and they were like, that was like, I want to say like their seventh or eighth album. Yeah. Again, they were just, they, they started off as a blues band kind of, you know, got fairly big in England, but weren't able to like become worldwide stars. And then, you know, they came at the right time, reinvigorated them. And it was when Rumors came out in 77. That was like the big, big point. Yeah. That album is the, I want to say it's the eighth best-selling album of all time. So just one of, a huge, huge, huge record. It's sold over 40 million copies worldwide. Which is so interesting because like in true rock band fashion, I mean, it's, speaks a lot about what was going on within the band. Yes. So it's one of the, and I say cool to say, to make trivial of what they were going through because it wasn't, but it's so fascinating what was going on with the band with Rumors because you had two couples in the band and then you had Mick 
that was kind of on his own, although he was married. But John and Christine McVie were getting a divorce, and Lindsay and Stevie were breaking up. And Nick Fleetwood found out that his wife was cheating on him with his best friend. <laughs> so they they had to somehow make this album while in the midst of hating each other and arguing and screaming with each other or avoiding each other. And they were in a small studio, like to where, um, cause the, the vocal core was Lindsay, Christine and Stevie. Yeah. And the producers would say that they were just crammed in this tiny little room, all huddled around one microphone. <laughs> and you had, obviously Christine wasn't involved in their relationship, but you had Lindsay and Stevie just kind of, you know, having a, work so closely together while at the same time going through such a volatile nasty break like it wasn't just a it, neither of them were friendly splits they were intense screaming and fighting and lots of drugs and <laughs> just everything and but if you really think about Fleetwood Mac and their history I mean it's kind of par to the Par for the course. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely the, the biggest tribulation that they went through as a band. Um, but, I mean, without all of those breakups, you wouldn't have had that album. Because that's what the whole album is. It's them writing breakup songs about each other. <laughs> and then singing them to each other and, while they're recording it. Yes. And, you know... Lindsay was talking about in an interview how he was just like, I, he said the hardest thing was to resist the urge to not want to help Stevie make her songs the best they could be when she had her songs that she was trying to work on. And of course, you know, he has to give his best because it's in the interest of the band. Yeah. But he was just like, and he was just like, and I knew that I was the vital ingredient to her songwriting because I could, I would more than anyone could bring that that special thing to take the, her song to that level it needed to go. And he was just like, and so much of the time I didn't want to do it just to spite her. And he was just like, and I had to just get past it. I just, I can't even fathom what that would even feel like, what that would be like. Like, that's just insane. And then to be drugged out of your mind a good amount of the time on cocaine. Well, and, I'm sure that's really why they were drugged half the time, because they didn't want to deal with the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a... I'll, uh, I'll send you the, the link to... The, there's a documentary about the, all of the recording of Rumors, if you've never seen it before. It is fascinating to watch and gives you so much insight onto what was going on at that time. Um, but all of that strife, all of that pressure created this incredible diamond of a record. One of the, one of the greatest rock records ever made. And then from that point on, they were just rock and roll royalty. And they could literally do whatever they wanted after that, and they would be one of the biggest bands in the world. All right. We've got six songs for you. Yes, we do. So when we come back, we're going to look at the six Fleetwood Mac songs that we have picked for this session. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. This is episode 10. We're talking about Fleetwood Mac, and we're about to dive into these songs, these songs that Justin has never listened to before. Never in my life. Which was crazy. I figured at least maybe you would have heard these songs and maybe just like not known it was them or been like, oh, I've heard that before. But that just fascinates me that you've... Because I don't feel like I really did any deep cuts i feel like all of these songs are kind of like essential songs of theirs although there are still some big hits that aren't on here that we'll come back to on another episode i'm sure and cover this just wasn't i think just the genre that they kind of live in just isn't what i would have normally either grown up with or have listened to ever yeah so um which is kind of crazy because i it's taken me it's kind of taken me aback about how big they are mm-hmm. and for me just to be like oh man i've never listened to them is is it is a little crazy hmm. yeah that's that was very fascinating to me um for those of you that are turning in tuning in the first time what we're doing is we're talking about um we're talking about the songs for the artists that we pick every week i usually like to pick around six songs sometimes i'll change that um and i I want to pick songs that are not only going to well represent the artist and give the listener a good intro if they've never heard the artist before, but also at the same time craft a set of songs that has a great emotional arc from start to finish. I want to start at a very specific place and end at a very specific place and have the road between the two points be as smooth as possible. So I'm not just picking... The six best songs. I'm not picking just the six most popular songs. I'm not even picking my six personal favorites. Although I do will I will find from time to time to get my favorites into the lists, but that's not the sole purpose of it. I want to pick the six songs that fit the best together, that that give you that sense of satisfaction the best once you reach the end. So um, let me know in the comments if your favorite songs made it on here. Um, Comment on what you would like to see come up whenever we revisit Fleetwood Mac because they've still got so many great songs that we'll be able to do two or three more episodes based on their music. So don't worry if your favorite isn't on this episode. It will be covered at some point. But let's go ahead and jump in. So the first song, I, I wanted... To do something a little bit unexpected. I didn't want to go necessarily with an album opener. I didn't... Because my first instinct was to go with Secondhand News. Which was the song that opened off Rumors. And I thought to myself, no, I don't want to do that. First off, it's predictable. Second of all, it doesn't set the mood well enough for what I wanted to do. I wanted to have something that is a good starter but maybe is not the obvious pick. And when I did this, I actually found out 
afterward that this is the song that they open most of their concerts with. And so that made me actually feel a lot better about putting this song at number one. And that's The Chain. And it is a great opening song. I think it's the anti-opener. Yeah. But I, I think the thing that I love about this song is that it feels like a story. Mm-hmm. This song is, I think, is just so interesting to me because starting off with that real, it has this really interesting bluegrass feel, which one, having never listened to Fleetwood Mac, this was my very first impression of Fleetwood Mac. And I was like, yeah. oh no, this is what Fleetwood Mac is going to be. But it's actually a really great song. It has great dynamics, mm-hmm. which I love. And just even the change in the speed towards the end of the song is is so nice. But it's it's just such a catchy song. It's a yeah. great it's got it's a bluegrass feeling song with great pop mm-hmm. lyrics. And, and kind of some hard rock in there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um this was a song that this was the only song on the album off of rumors that was attributed to all five members of the band because they all brought a different element to it. Stevie wrote the lyrics. Um, Mick Fleetwood and John McVie came up with that bass line and kind of what the percussion yeah. was doing with it. That was the first thing that they wrote for the song was just little jam session era where they were just kind of jamming on that boom, do, 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 do. And, um, you know, Lindsay came in with the idea of just let's have this acoustic guitar kind of go in here. And so they all kind of brought their own flavor to this song and they actually they had to do a lot of trickery in the studio because it was not recorded in one take it was all the parts were kind of done individually with different overdubs here and there and they had to like actually cut the tape with a razor and tape it together (laughs) which when you think about the history of rumors this would make sense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and uh it's definitely a um I felt like this song set the mood for the emotions that are going to be felt in this. It's going to be a roller coaster. It's not going to necessarily be a straight line as far as what you're feeling during this set of six. It's kind of like you start off with something really angry and really kind of like, you know, spiteful. Like kind of to, you know, a lover that has, you know, betrayed you just kind of saying, well, I don't need you. I don't need, you know, I don't need you in my life. I'm better off without you. And um, then we kind of immediately jump to a whole different set of emotions, although they have some uh, some very mixed feelings yeah. in there as well that are hidden beneath the surface. Whole different feel here. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to do. I kind of wanted to uh, to kind of jerk the listener around a little bit. And that takes us to number two, You Make Loving Fun. Which is my personal favorite Fleetwood Mac song. I agree. This is this was my favorite song on this list by far. I yeah. just think, I love how fun it is. It has that real 60s feel, which, of course, I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. And, again, really highlights the... One, their versatility as a band, but then two, um, the rhythm really highlights the rhythm section for me. I mean, they're really just holding this song down, mm-hmm. yeah, all the way through. That's it's the it's the essence of the song is that just that simple but really solid rhythmic pace. 
Um, so this was written and sung by Christine McVie, who was in the middle of divorce whenever they were writing this. And she wrote it about the guy she was having an affair with at the time. <laughs> Which, of course, McVie didn't know about. No, not until afterward, because... She would tell him, just like, you can't show, ever show up to the studio. You can't because he can't. If he ever sees you and finds out what's going on, he's, like, going to kill you. And the excuse she gave to him at the time was just like, this is a song about my dog. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, like, believed her. And then she lied, later told him, actually, it was about our it – was, it was their lighting uh, director. And so it was a, it was a guy that he knew. And it was just like the whole song is, is it's it's not just about, you know, finding a good mate. It's about the thrill of kind of being in secret and and having a love to replace the one that's gone sour. Yeah. And so it's it's that's where kind of the hidden little venom is in that. I think even just musically how it's played, it kinda it kinda helps accentuate the just the the sneaking around the mm-hmm. the fun part of it it's just i mean the quick piano parts really kind of going in tandem with the bass that's just kind of like bumping yeah and it just kind of really speaks to that a lot mhm i love the the vocals especially all of the the overdubbed harmonies and the yeah. layered vocals that kind of wash in and out on the chorus when it's just so beautiful on this song and there's just a great guitar solo here yeah it's it's easy to think that, you know, obviously, Lindsay Buckingham, such a great guitarist, but it's like, I could see absolutely how the normal listener would think that, oh, he's not like one of those crazy shred people that can like dance all over the guitar. He's just, you know, he's a simple guy that plays, you know, really simplistic solos that are effective, but uh, I think it shows even more skill that he could play at the level he did, and those were the kind of solos that he played. Yeah, there's so much restraint in this, mm-hmm. but it just sounds... It's it, the absolute perfect it solo to play. so well. Yeah, absolutely. I love this song. I almost forgot to include it, which makes me so <laughs> embarrassed, because I originally had something else at number two. And... Um, and then I was just like, wait a second, what am I doing? I have to put You Make Love and Fun right here. And, and you're right, it is a complete U-turn from where <laughs> the chain came from. Which is exactly what I wanted to do. Because you kind of can't follow up on that emotion after the chain because it's such a contained, explosive amount of passion that I wanted to kind of like immediately jump to something. But that still had, again, there's... There's a little bit of darkness to it because it's again it's about not innocent love, but you know. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like maybe that would be a good segue. But then immediately I wanted to kind of turn around and bring things down a little bit. And we get into Rhiannon. Rhiannon. So this was the song that kind of got them back on the map. So this was off of their first album with Buckingham and Nix. And it was the second single they released off it, but it was the best performing single on the album. And I think this song, if anything, really highlights what Nix and Buckingham brought mm-hmm. and this new sound that Fleetwood Mac now had. And I think it's kind of a highlight of 
to me, like, if I, when I think about Fleetwood Mac, this is their sound. This is, yeah. this is like the classic Fleetwood Mac song. I think it's their best guitar riff. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so strange, but like, like intriguing. Like you hear it and you're just like, I've got to hear what the rest of the song sounds like. There's just such a great soft rock feel here, and just mm-hmm. really kind of the hallmark of their their sound, and yeah, and I and that of course, I mean, this is the first time where Nix gets highlighted. I mean, her vo- I think the vocals here from her, oh yeah, are amazing. Yeah, it's one of her best vocal performances for sure, and just really introduces her, um, kind of like. Because she's always been portrayed as like this very gypsy enchantress, like <laughs> vagabond, like person and i feel like rhiannon was kind of the beginning of that kind of this because the song's about this like you know this witch that you know is casting her spell on people and you know can you know seducing men to love her against their own will and i feel like this song really was the beginning of that image for her and that you know the, the the aspect of her that everyone came to adore and a really nice use of the long fade here. Yes. Yeah. And great chorus. Um, and a really unorthodox drum beat, too. Yeah. You It starts off normal. It almost sounds like he made a mistake, like he forgot what the drum fill was, <laughs> and then he like settled into it later. But I think that I really believe it was on purpose. It's He's making you... He's settling you into thinking that it's going to be a normal drum beat, and then he switches, and he doesn't really go back. He stays in that... And it's kind of like... So I think it's a really interesting way to switch up the rhythm to kind of, you know, keep it simple to draw you in, but then, like, leave you in a more interesting area. And then we get flip-flopped around again. Yes. Coming out of this song. That's, that's going to be kind of the theme of this yeah, of this I picked list. up on that. And we get into Gypsy. Gypsy. So, definitely Fleetwood Mac was not at their best after the 70s ended. Yeah. Uh, Rumors was obviously their biggest high point. Tusk came out after that. And Tusk was successful, but it was not as good as Rumors was. And it didn't sell as well, obviously. It was a double album. And it was definitely kind of them at the height of their drug abuse. And just kind of being really burnt out by how hard they were working. How much they were touring. And just not really getting a break. Still dealing with all the drama. Mm-hmm. And just really being emotionally and physically bankrupt. I do think... Uh, the thing that I liked about Gypsy is that it's kind of a song of the times. Yeah, but the thing is, it's it was of, of an older time because this is actually getting into the eighties here, and she's kind. Of, the song is about her looking back to her humble beginnings. Um, she's looking back at the time when she really was a gypsy, and just kind of her pre-fame, pre-money when she all she had with Lindsay was a single mattress on the floor, no bed frame, nothing else in the room, but like a nightstand with a vase of flowers in it and she was just like there was something innocent about it because it was just like I didn't have all the stuff I didn't have all of the luxuries this was all I had but at the same time it's when my passion for what I wanted to do was strongest she said that um nowadays anytime that she kind of lets the fame get to her 
she gets too caught up in all of her possessions and stuff. She says she'll take her mattress off of her bed <laughs> and put it back on the floor and kind of, you know, re-go back to the roots of where she started. And that's kind of, that's what Gypsy is about. This song really does have a great 80s pop feel, though. I it feel does, like. yeah. The, the aesthetic and the sound of it is definitely early 80s influenced. And again, great bass work here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the piano line here that's that's kind of just like building and building and building across. And then, of course, the guitar and whatever instrument it is at the end. That's that's, the, that's, that's his guitar. Okay. So that's just him playing a clean guitar with not really any effects on it. Because the thing that makes Lindsey Buckingham's playing so unique is he doesn't use a pick. He finger picks everything. Oh, wow. I Cause he, I, I want to say that he learned banjo first. And that's, he just, but he literally, not a single thing will he play a pick on. Everything he's done is finger picked. And so what he's doing is he's doing like a finger pick solo. And so he's just kind of, you know, being able to play all of those notes, almost like he's playing a banjo. Yeah. But it just, again, it creates such a unique sound and like, you can't play that solo with a pick. I love how this song ends too, I think. Um, Just because of the nature of the song, I can Mm -hmm. see why they wanted to use a long fade again, just because there's... Not really a great stopping point. Yeah. In there. You want to let that solo keep going. Yeah. It's not a solo that, like, is a climactic solo, but it's kind of just one that just... It's a texture to take you off into the distance. And that takes us into the fifth song on this list, Go Your Own Way. So this is, like, the quintessential Fleetwood Mac song. This is, like, their their biggest song, their most well-known song. It was the biggest song off of... Well, it wasn't the best performing single of Rumors, but it's kind of the one that everyone goes back to the most. And it feels appropriate for when it was, like, just in that time period mm-hmm. that it was released. It was very in vogue of what was in style musically. Yes, and really, they were kind of the ones setting it. They, When Rumors exploded, that's when everyone needed to make an album that sounded like that. And yeah, Go Your Own Way is the anthem of that album. It's the one that I feel has the most drama of all of the breakup songs. It's the one that's so, it's so direct. Um, the thing that Lindsay and Stevie would fight the most about is that Stevie had optimism that, you know, they could work things out and at least be friends. Not that she definitely didn't want to be with him anymore. She was the one that broke it off with him, but that she wanted to still, you know, be in each other's lives, be friendly. And at that time, he was so pessimistic about it, just saying, no, you're going to go your own way. And kind of him saying, I loved you so much and you didn't want to go forward with me. Because he wanted to marry her. He wanted to have kids with her. And she didn't want that. She didn't want to have kids. She didn't want to be married. And because he was just, and that's why he was saying, like, shacking up's all you wanted to do. <laughs> and, you know... If I could, I would give you my world. How can I when you won't take it from me? So it's just like he's kind of coming in as one saying, I would have given you everything. I would have given you all of me. I would have given you everything I had. But you chose not to. So you can go your own way and I'll go mine. And we will never revisit this again. I think that really, that emotion kind of really comes out too in that guitar solo at the end. It's kind of, I was laughing at it because it's, Kind of ACDC-ish. Kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's, they're both originated in the blues. Yeah. 
They're both blues bands. Which again, I mean, being in the seventies, that's I mean, that was what was in at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and I think he does a really good job of it. Oh yeah. And Overall, I think this song is just—it's just such a great. When I think about, like the origins of pop rock, like mm-hmm. to me, this is this that, is a prime example of this song. Yeah, it's definitely one of the important stepping stones for where pop rock was was going, and I love the 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 counter melody of the acoustic guitar where it's, you know, you've got yeah. the electric guitar that's kind of just keeping the and then you've got it's almost like the melody doesn't the rhythm doesn't work it seems counterintuitive but then when you put all the ingredients together it's there's a, on that Making of Rumors album, he shows what the song sounds like without that acoustic guitar doing that pattern and it just feels weird and empty but he said that that was the last thing that got changed before the album went out was that he made the decision to put the acoustic guitar back in. And he said that that made all the difference in the world. Yeah. I mean, it really, I think it just helps provide the tension of, for that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, which of course, if you know the backstory of it, then it really helps to understand that even more. Yeah. And so this was kind of the moment that I wanted to have the big release. Cause that, when that guitar solo was playing at the end, that's kind of like the big release of the set, but there's still one more song. So sometimes what I like to do, like when we did Pink Floyd last week, I wanted to have the big moment be the final moment of the set. Because that big guitar solo at the end of Comfortably Numb is kind of the whole thing the set's moving towards. Yeah. At this point, we've reached the point the set's been moving towards, but we still got one song left. So what I like to do sometimes is I want to have the last song almost be like a coda or an epilogue. Have something that's really understated, really simple, really beautiful to kind of like help the listener make sense of the emotion that they just had. And just to kind of give it some finality and some closure. Which our last song, Landslide, is. Yes. I love, when I listen to it. Love uh, Nix's vocal performance on this. Yeah. Of course, but it's just a great, chill song. Mm hmm. And I think one of the things that <laughs> it really got me thinking is like, this is your, you know, phone out, flashlight on moment at a mm-hmm. concert, and everybody's just singing along. Yeah. A great close here. I think it's the best lyric she ever wrote. Just, it's. For her to be so young and to write lyrics so poignant like that, I think it's just incredible. Yeah, I think it really speaks to just how talented Nyx was and and why. I mean, she's the queen of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool because this, it's only Lindsay and Stevie on this song. Yeah. It's kind of, it's it's a showcase of what they were before they came to Fleetwood Mac and what they exclusively brought to that mix yeah i agree i think listening to them it's just a reminder of like oh man like without the two of them and what they brought fleetwood mac would never gotten to where they were Mm -hmm. not even might have they would not have become what they became they had to have Lindsay and stevie in the mix and so i just i felt that this was a nice place to end the set especially with a lot of the heaviness and the pessimism of go your own way. I wanted to end with something that was uplifting and 
just kind of very tranquil and free of the drama that kind of go- went with the rest of the set. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do. And I just think it's a beautiful song. It's a song that makes me tear up whenever I listen to it. It's so interesting because even the name of this song is feels like it's such a misnomer for what mm-hmm. it brings to the table. Yeah. I think what it does is it, it creates a landslide in, in, in here. So, yeah. So those are our six songs. Um, Mac. Yeah. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about our bonus song and then kind of give our final views. So uh, keep listening, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We're talking about Fleetwood Mac on this episode. And we just finished talking about the six songs we picked. Those songs were The Chain, You Make Love and Fun, Rhiannon, Gypsy, Go Your Own Way, and Landslide. So now we're going to talk about the bonus song. So we, I decided to go with A Horse With No Name by America. And the reason I picked this is... More with the genre that they were in. Yeah. Kind of getting in with the feel. This wasn't a band that they had personal connections with, but I just felt like this song fit aesthetically and sonically with uh, with Fleetwood Mac. So I just figured it would it would fit nice. Yeah, I agree. I When I heard it, I felt like it was just kind of an extension of... At least, especially with where Fleetwood Mac has gone. Mm-hmm. And also kind of kind of highlights how much they had trailblazed just this kind of soft acoustic guitar driven type of music that hadn't really hadn't been around yeah. in a long time. This song actually predates everything that Fleetwood Mac did with Buckingham and Nicks. This song came out so there was a musical movement in the like seventy nineteen seventy through seventy two called Americana. And it was a mixing of like rock and folk music. So it's kind of when the Grateful Dead had their biggest period and you had Crosby, Stills, and Nash and um, a lot of those band, Allman Brothers, and they were they were kind of setting the stage yeah. for what Fleetwood Mac would then add to it, which is the pop element. But kind of America and Horse With No Name was one of the songs that helped the foundation to where Fleetwood Mac would eventually stand on and, and take to a whole other level. They kind of they fit in that Americana uh, genre that was pretty popular in the early seventies. Yeah, there's an interesting mix of instruments, just with the acoustic, the electric piano, of course, the percussion, which is very big, mm-hmm. um, and just interesting to see where that eventually led to and how uh, Fleetwood Mac kind of took that to the next level. Mm-hmm. I really love the sound of the melody. It's um, I believe they're using a Dorian scale on this which is kind of gives it that that deserty sound to almost egyptian a little bit and there's just great vocals on this i mean when i think about americana just 
It is a hallmark of the genre, I think. Just, just very soft yeah. vocals, great harmonies, um, and just very, very simple but very imaginative songwriting. Like, because it doesn't sound like just, you know, your normal person that knows a couple of chords on guitar and is, you know, play yeah. G, C, D. <laughs> D. D minor, maybe. Yeah, but at the same time, it's so simple, yet it's a song that really stands out. Yeah. It really kind of helps. I think one thing that I like about the song that it does have a, a sense of some drive to it. Mm-hmm. It really, I think, kind of helps push the song forward and, and move all the way through. Yeah, it does. But yeah, so there's our bonus song. And so tell me what your opinions were on Fleetwood Mac now that you you know who they are, you know some of their story, you've heard the songs. What's your uh, consensus? I think Fleetwood Mac, probably one of the most unique bands that have ever come around. Mm-hmm. And for them to sit in the genre that they have sat in for so long, but being able to elevate it in a way, I mean, I feel like they're kind of one of the, I know they're, a lot of people classify them as a rock group, but mm-hmm. I feel like they really set the bed for pop music. Like, just being one of the really, the pillars of where pop music is today and how it's written, like, especially melody-wise, like, what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. I think Fleetwood Mac really brought that to the table. And, of course, so music, I mean, all these songs, so musically diverse. Yeah. And they just, they had really talented, so many talent, so much talent on this, on this mm-hmm. band all throughout f- their lives. All, all five members were just insanely good at what they did. And I think it's a really cool image and reminder of just like what happens. This is what it looks like and what happens when you have a group of people who are just together for so long. Mm-hmm. And have been through so much yeah. together. And still, all I mean, all the music that they, you know, some, we've always said the best music always comes out from, you know, what's personal and what's raw. And all these songs, I mean, a lot of it's where it came from. All the mm-hmm. best stuff is really where that came from, that that raw emotion and, and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the best rhythm section probably I've, I think I've ever heard. Yeah. And for a band that was mostly considered in this like soft rock and kind of California vibe, um, I mean, it's crazy how much they influenced I mean, so many people going forward, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, having listened through them now, like I can see where the 90s and early 2000s really kind of pulled from Fleetwood Mac a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they broke up at the end of the 80s, but late 90s is when they had their big comeback. And it's funny because when I, I think about some of the songs that I have grown up with or bands like for example like five for fighting or mm-hmm. um even oh like, yeah five for fighting is absolutely owes everything they have to fleetwood mac even like i mean even just this is a crazy band but like even just like creed like just that type of music like that's mm-hmm. fleetwood mac all over it yeah absolutely that's that's a really interesting uh perspective what did you What did you like? What did uh, What were the songs that that you connected with the most? Uh, you make love and fun for sure. I think was my favorite song. 
Um, and Go Your Own Way as well. And then, I, I mean, it's hard to beat The Chain. It's such a unique, mm-hmm. unique song. Um, and and Gypsy. I mean, I love the 80s pop feel. I mean, I, it's just... Uh, just I loved how they were just so able to just to morph according to what the times were and mm-hmm. but still hold true to like what their style was and so for me I think those are my those are my favorites um yeah yeah all right well um I'm glad that you now have a new band I have that now is, been enlightened yes this is this is what I'm going to be striving for as as much as I can um, obviously, you're going to have those bands that you already are familiar with, and um, but this is this, these are the times that make me the most excited to do this podcast is when I know that I'm giving you something that I have a really strong feeling you're going to like, but you've never heard before, and so um, I'm really glad you enjoyed it, and for everyone listening that um, may not know these songs or at least not all of them remember you can listen to these songs on my spotify channel the instructions are in the description so um just find me on there you'll listen to them please listen to them in the order as you've heard me discuss i put a lot of time and effort into getting these songs in a very specific order and i feel like you'll get a great emotional experience out of listening to them in that order and um next week we're going to be shifting gears to um, a different sound, a different genre, and a different decade for sure. We're going to finally start looking at the 90s a little bit. And what better band to start the 90s with than the band of the 90s, and that's Nirvana. Which, from what you told me earlier, you've never listened to. I know very little about Nirvana. So I'm very excited about this. I love Nirvana. I can't wait to, to introduce you to some of their best songs. So... Um, make sure you guys tune into that next week. Um, new episode comes out every Monday morning, 9 central. So um, wherever you are, hopefully that lines up with uh, your schedule. And please hit the subscribe button. It'll let you know once that episode is up. And um, continue to share with your friends. We're at 1,000 listens now. Let's get up to 2,000. Let's see how fast Let's we can it. get it up there. So. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, My name's Lucas. I'm Justin. And keep on listening to good music. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.